Generals, welcome. General Munson. Today, we're going to witness medical history. Today, we're going to create Weapon X. X. Roman numeral. Ten. We're about to begin bonding adamantium to Weapon X's skeleton. Of do you expect us to talk? I don't know why I say it like that. Anyway, I'm back out and as always joined by fellow co-hosts. Do you expect us to talk? <laughs> do you expect us to talk? We've always been up at the end. I mean, here's a question. So it is a question. This is it. Because they're in a monotone. But that's but... how you talk to like phrase questions when you're learning a foreign language. You know what I mean? You're supposed to do the big sort of look at the end of it. And and mm-hmm. Co- Sean Connery didn't do that when he was about to have his nuts cut off, did he? He didn't go. No. Do you expect me to talk? <laughs> I don't know if I'm chirpy, but I think because this week's film is Shit. a pile of poop, so I'm trying to sound as cheery as I can. Anyway, yes, this is episode 214 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm host Becca, and as always, joined by fellow movie buffs Chris and Dave. How are you both? Good evening, folks. Holy cheesy effects, Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like that. Holy cliche. I, I said Batman. last week I thought I'd only seen the version that hadn't the unfinished effects. I'm not so sure now. <laughs> you, you thought the unfinished version was better? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. We'll go, we'll go into it as we go into it, because there are literally scenes with green screen in it, but there are a couple of so-called finished effects that aren't actually better than the ones that at the time I went, oh God, they haven't finished no. that. So there you go. Um, there we go. What are we covering tonight, Becca? Tonight, it is all about X-Men Origins Wolverine, starring Hugh Jackman, Liz Schreiber, Ryan Reynolds, Will I Am. I forgot he was in this. Danny Houston, <laughs> Lynn Collins, Daniel Henney, Dominic Monaghan from Lord of the Rings, Kevin Durand, Taylor Kitsch, and Troy Sivan. The original music by Harry Gregson Williams, script by David Benioff and Skip Woods, directed by Gavin Hood, and released in 2009. Did you say Troy Seaman, or did I totally mishear that? Yeah, Troy Seaman, he was in this film. I thought you said Troy Seaman. I thought, who oh, the no, fuck no, no, is no, that? <laughs> I mean, that that's when you go to change your name by Deepol, but you're like 14. <laughs> I'm going to be <laughs> Troy Seaman. <laughs> the musician. Sorry, Tom Cruise. Well, uh, that's Troy Seaman. Pop music producer. Alright, okay. Fair enough. I wasn't just being rude there. That's what I thought she said. No. <laughs> uh, Easy mistake to make. That's your dirty mind, Dave. Yeah. So, looking around, anyway. looking, looking around behind sort of the scenes at this film and, and writers and everything else, we've got David Benioff as a writer this week. He was one of the showrunners on Game of Thrones, which was seen him before. great for a while. But then you look at his um, features and... 25th hour a lot of people like that i wasn't fond of it troy i thought was really poor the kite runner i've not seen but it's relevant because it's mark forster's last film before quantum solace he wrote this but he also wrote gemini man which wasn't very good either 
That was about that cinema. That was a bit rubbish. Yeah. And then you look at Skip Woods, the other writer, and he wrote Swordfish. Crap. Live Free or Die Hard. Okay. (laughs) Hitman. I think that means the Timothy Oliphant version. This. The A Team. A good team to die. A good day to die hard. Oh my gosh. A good team to die hard. A good double team. That's amazing film. That's a matchup. Yes. Sabotage and Hitman Agent Forty Seven. And when you look at a photo of him. It kind of looks like, and you know when eighties Michael Bay. Well, I'm thinking more of like when eighties pop stars got into the nineties and cut their hair a bit. That with an eating disorder. (laughs) And and that and the drugs really caught up with him. Yeah, and I think he obviously writes when he's stoned off his fucking face. (laughs) And we know a lot about him. I'm reading about his personal life here. I hear some insights. Woods lives in Los Angeles, California. Feel like you feel like I know him now, Chris. I feel like I know him on a personal level. <laughs> so the writers for this are, are not promising. Uh, the music is um, Harry Gregson Williams. No problem with a lot of his work. Um, although films, he, he, he's. Um, I mean, there, there's so much. There's some of the Shrek films, Chicken Run. Um, Chicken Run's a good film. Yeah, um, Man on Fire. So he's done a bit with Tony Scott, Domino, Kingdom of Heaven for Ridley Scott. Domino, oh my gosh. Domino was crap. My name is Domino Harvey. Um, <laughs> that's literally what she said. Yes, um, that that's her burst acting. He did Arthur Christmas. Prometheus, uh, so the Total Recall w- remake for Len Wiseman. Uh, but he did the yeah. So as you go through, you hear you see lots and lots of decent films there, though. Bit of a mixed bag, but that's not all in his hands, of course. Um, and the cinematographer was uh, Doug, Donald McAlpine. I, I read it as Douglas McAlpine. I thought he'd set oh, up. Right. A bu- I thought he'd set up like a building firm as well. <laughs> so, um, I misread They're branching it. out into filmmaking from very, construction. Very, very long career. Some of the ones that stands out in terms of films I've definitely seen: uh, Moscow on the Hudson, which was a um, uh, film with Robin Williams as like a, someone cl- uh, claiming political asylum in America. Down and Out in Beverly Hills, which features like a real batshit Nick Nolte before he was bat- officially batshit. Parenthood for Ron Howard. Medicine Man for John McTiernan. Nine months for Chris Columbus. I don't think I've seen that one. Uh, that's um, the film um, Hugh Grant was filming when he decided to take a drive down Sunset Boulevard one evening. Oh dear. Yeah. No wonder I haven't seen it. Um, but again, visual flair movies. He did Moulin Rouge for Baz Luhrmann. Uh, the Time Machine remake, the one with um, Mike from Neighbours. I can never remember his name, so he's just Mike from Neighbours. Mike from Neighbours forever. <laughs> um, so there's a real mixed bag on this. Um, in terms of viewing it, I'm sort of going to very quickly almost retell the story I told last week. I This is the first film that I ever saw that wasn't from a legal source. In that... Um, and it sounds so convenient, doesn't it? Someone just walked up and handed me this film. But they did. They genuinely did. It was an older guy in the office. And I'm assuming someone handed it to him and he went, it's a film. I don't know what to do with this. Dave likes films. I quite like Dave. Dave. There you are. And I had a real sort of existential angst about it. It's like, I can't be the type of person who watches this. And I thought, well, it's okay because I'm going to see it at the cinema anyway. So I put it on. And it, it, the version that leaked didn't have completed effects. But when I say didn't have completed effects, it's not like the difference between, say, 
Louis Leterrier's Incredible Hulk, the trailer, and then the final oh, film, where they've sort of done a little bit more on that bit in sort of supposedly New York. It was actually Toronto where he sort of roars at the camera. It literally unfinished effect. There's some green screen. I think there may have been one or two animatics. But sadly, there were effects in it that I remember looking at. And you're mentally giving it a pass because you're going, I'm not watching the finished version. But the bits I was mentally giving a pass to, I've actually watched the final cut now and realised that some of them were actually finished. Uh, and it's really quite worrying. And we'll get to one or two of them as if I remember so that was my background with the film. I didn't eventually go to see it. I thought it was dreadful. I had a really bad time with it. Um, watching it this time, I found it a little bit more watchable, but I do think most of it's redundant. Most of it doesn't make sense. I think it does a few unforgivable, cliche things. You should never have a man screaming up at the sky, ever, over the corpse of a woman. <laughs> yeah. um, particularly when she's still warm, you need to call Pierce Brosnan. He'll tell you exactly what you need to do, right? You've, you've got minutes. Get on with it. All right. So now that's it for me when I saw the film. Did you, did you see it on first release? Um, I think I did. <laughs> obviously, Hugh Jackman being the big draw here. Um, yeah, pretty much same as you. Really. I can't, yeah, I saw it at the cinema. I've obviously heard that, you know, maybe seen some clips online of, you know, effects that hadn't kind of quite yet been finished and, thinking, oh my God, this is terrible. And then going to see it at the cinema and thinking, actually, it isn't much different. Um, yeah, I just, uh, so many cliches. I think for me, like the, the big, um, the main, um, oh, like the big set piece in this film is probably the bit where he takes out a, a Jeep with a with a chopper. Um, and then there's the, the scene. <laughs> takes out his chopper. <laughs> he takes out his chopper. And smashes um, it and against the Jeep. And then obviously the, the scene in the barn. Um, for some reason, it's like when... Oh, I, I can't remember the name. The, the old lady comes in and goes, "Would you like a drink?" And then gets shot. And I just took, I just took to thinking of them as Mar and Mar, Mar and Park Kent. Yes, pretty much. They are pretty much like that, unfortunately. Um, like, it's really horrible. It's very sad that she dies, but I just, we we just found that hilariously funny. I'm not quite sure why, but because um, we're given no we're, yeah, we're given no we're given no emotional link to them at all. Except well, no, they're fairly decent because they're helping out a man who could be dangerous. <laughs> shot in the head. It's like, oh dear. Yeah. Um, Again, this is quite a Wolverine movie, though, doesn't it? It does. I feel it's a trope of the series. Yeah, um, I, I, I think we have to forgive him because he was shot in the head for doing virtually the same thing in Logan. Pretty much, yeah. I well, say so we, we see that again later on, don't we? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's Doctor Benton and his family that time. Yeah, it's just it's just a trope, but yeah, this is you know cliched, you know cliched scripts, lots of sort of cliched cliches abound basically yeah so Wolverine going no over you know the supposed dead body of his loved one um it's too much you know it's quite a, quite a busy film um you know multiple characters as well there's just a lot going on and then obviously you've got Deadpool as well and the, that whole kind of subplot on top of everything else so there's there's a lot, a lot of threads to keep track of here um it's, it's very jam-packed very busy movie um but yeah some, some of the effects obviously it's 2009 so a little while ago now um, yeah, but then you have, Avatar was this year. I was gonna say yeah, Avatar was the same year, and the effects hold up. I mean, I I don't know how you guys watch this, um, but I I did the whole I thing. I looked of, in the vacuum. I looked in the direction of my television. Yeah, you generally thought, oh, that looks nice. Because the, um, yeah, the, the, the microwave on. really wasn't doing it for me. No, <laughs> I did on Disney Plus. Other streaming episodes, other streaming sites are available. Um, and I kind of thought there's something wrong with my TV or the version that I have, but just. Some of them didn't hold up, but I haven't got like a top of the range TV or whatever. It's, you know, it's kind of a bog standard average. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of thinking, you know, there are other films 
other you know blockbuster movies that have similar high high octane effects that probably hold up a little bit better which is a bit disappointing unfortunately no, this, um, is, this but, is purely a reflection on on it i'll talk about it when i get to my first thoughts in you know, a yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a reason for it and obviously mm. as, as we go in and talk about the production we'll we'll go into more detail about why the script is so poor as there, there is a very legitimate reason for that unfortunately um yeah three out of five i mean Hugh Jackman sells it he it's really clear that he gives it as all. Well. i would say like the best in this obviously ryan reynolds even though i'm not his biggest fan um Hugh Jackman obviously sells every single time as, as Logan and also Danny Houston um, again you know a, as we see another version of Striker who's like the series Big Bad um, you know he's really slimy he's quite menacing um, I only learned about a year ago he is John Houston's son I didn't know that yeah you can see the likeness mm. um, yeah I just kind of feel it just there's, there's a very busy plot too many characters <laughs> please eliminate three most of um, whom are just completely irrelevant they are, they're a bit filler, um, and then dodgy effects, but yeah, so that's kind of my... Sorry, Chris, what do you reckon? I'm rambling on now. No, 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 it's perfectly... I mean, the film I squeeze you in, so... in the middle of you, so... <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I saw it in the first place, I remember seeing the cinema, and um, I don't think I've seen it since, or at least very not... I'm returned to watch it. I might have watched it, like, maybe white once, or something like that. I know I haven't. Uh, just as, like, kind of... But, um, yeah, it's it's not very good, is it? Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, I will say, I will say for the start, like I, I think you know, basically the, the cast in general. I mean, apart from Will I Am, who's is just doesn't need to be there. Um, are all fine. There's nothing wrong with the cast. I think actually think the direction and somewhat the quality of the filmmaking is absolutely fine. I think that you know it's the um, it's just, it's the basic the, the this whole script and the whole story and the special effects that are things that really you know that that that, that are really the issue here. Uh, but in terms of like you know in in how it's delivered and 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 performed, it's 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 absolutely fine. Um, that being said, it's so it's just so fucking redundant. Like I I, I spent the entire time trying just thinking like. Why? Why would you want to go back? That whole point of of um, Wolverine is his whole character is meant to be like oh, I don't know where I am. Oh, yeah, my life's a kind of mystery. And when we kind of figured out, you know, where he was before, but we don't need to see a fucking retread of of that. We don't need to see like what his real name is. We don't need to find out like oh we're gonna redcon like Sabretooth as his actual brother. We don't need any of this. It it's. None of it makes sense, as we'll, as we'll get to when we talk about through the film. But I, I just, I was just racking my head thinking, you could have just taken any generic action script and just like just made the lead Wolverine, and that would have been like an absolutely perfectly serviceable sequel, like just a standalone film, and I just have like have it the events events after after X Men Three, and just like have it that. It, it doesn't need. It doesn't need to be anything to. It doesn't need to involve the X Men. It don't need to start explaining things like you know. I mean, it, it's kind of. It, I I don't get it. The film is meant to be Wolverine, a Wolverine standalone film, but you decided to, to like you had to cram in like Xavier at the end, and he's like you know, and you got Scott Summers and whatnot. It's just why. 
why any of this? It's you know, it's like every decision from from a a creative story element, it just feels absolutely redundant and pointless. And on top of all off, none of it makes any sense whatsoever. And the special effects are crap. But <laughs> that's like the biggest takeaway from this film, special effects. Sorry to all you hard-working effects artists, but I'm sorry. I, I always thought that the the Wolverine film they should have made, and I'm not even saying it's the best Wolverine film, but more or less, the Wolverine. Pretty much unrelated, the 2013 film. Him off doing his own little sort of mission on his own, really. Um, that film has some problems. I remember quite enjoying it. I've not seen it for years, but it definitely had some problems, certainly near the end and so on. But that's what I was expecting. But I, I think... We've, we're on slightly the wrong lines here. I think we're thinking of it as uh, a Wolverine film rather than an X-Men Origins film. And I know that there was a period of time where they'd finished the, uh, the original trilogy and they thought they could make some Origins films because they were trying to um, get a, a Magneto one done for a period of time. And as I think Chris said offline, most of that must have been tooled into X-Men First Class. A, because there's backstory there, but also because any Wolverine backstory is going to have some of the X-Men stuff in it. So it does become essentially almost necessarily an X-Men prequel, unless you want to set the, the, the entire thing at Auschwitz, which is not exactly like summer movie fair, is it? So... I think that that explains the format. I think it was like, let's do it. Right, let's do one with our biggest hitter first. Who's our second biggest hitter? Probably uh, Magneto. Then you might have said Charles. <laughs> Trouble is, they're so interlinked, it would probably be difficult to keep them separate. But there you go. So I think that's why the film is the way it is. The way the reason, the reason for the effects, I don't really know. Well, I can infer from what I'm reading, but the inference might be wrong. Because on the plus side, they started filming during late 2007 and carried on into 2008. That's the more traditional kind of timeline for getting everything finished, ready to do the effect shots than, say, last week's was First Class's Apocalypses. But then I read it required, required a thousand effects, visual effects shots, which doesn't sound ridiculous until you realise this is half the length of some of the Lord of the Rings films that needed about 2,000. So that may kind of makes sense. It's it's all effects. But it says um, 17 different companies worked on it. Now, it's kind of semi-known about... Um, it's semi-known about these things that everybody works on everything. But 17 seems quite a lot. So I don't know, you know, the, the most prominent was Hydrogs, or I don't know how you pronounce their name, but it's a company I've never heard of, and it's a visual effects company from Santa Monica, California. It, it's not one of the bigger names, but that in itself, so I don't know. There's one effect, certainly, where they, the props didn't look good, and so they had to do CG bone claws because uh and they weren't expecting to so they may be late but having said that some of the worst claw work is once he's already got adamantium on the on there and we'll get to it i started it here and it wasn't that good and i must say the opening five or six minutes are very good 
you know, the, we we start in something like 1845, and you know, um, we've so we were pre-Civil War. We we see well, we'll go into what we see in a minute in terms of detail. But although that was a you know there there was hints of melodrama there, I thought this this is quite nicely shot. And then you go into the opening credit montage, which is absolutely terrific. Them fighting alongside each other in various wars just over decades. Um, right the way from the sort of the Civil War through to Vietnam. And then after that, most of it feels redundant. He's in some relationship. We, we're not given a lot of time with her, so that's not that interesting. Uh, what happens to her uh, twice in the film, without giving it away at this stage... Um, or seems to happen to her the first time happens earlier than I remember and so he's wandering around a bit pointless for a while before that you have this sort of team up idea under Striker which all just feels kind of redundant it's it's almost like scenes in X3 where they go look at all these different mutations and it's like it's so what uh, they'll go and do a few missions so what um, so we'll, we'll tease Deadpool We'll tease Deadpool. And then, and then piss off the entire company. Yeah, because the Deadpool they teased in that first bit was quite close to Deadpool. Um, but, they, well, sort of. I mean, the, the look wasn't quite right and stuff, but certainly the first talking and everything. Um, and then you've got a relationship bit that doesn't really go anywhere. Then you've got that sort of that stranger couple's house, which is just really quick and it, again it's meant to be given details like where did he get that coat and it's like has anyone ever <laughs> it, cared they skip through it so fast it doesn't really have any significance yeah. even though it's meant to it's like oh. and, and, and superheroes films are still doing this like I wonder why, why we've just all seen, been to see the Black Widow film and there is a I'm not going to ruin the plot per se but there is a bit well there's a recurring sort of joke i suppose through the film that is meant to be an origin for the jacket she wears with lots of pockets in infinity war that i'd never noticed and and i i don't know how they i don't know how creatives think we're watching these films it's like do, do you think anyone's got uh, i must know how superman got those boots they're fucking brilliant <laughs> right <laughs> where did he go to buy you where did he get this from i mean uh, uh, I, yeah you know and so we get how wolverine gets his coat we get how he gets his yeah, that that's more interesting yeah it, it is like i think it was now playing they were joking about if they made that a big thing in rocky like oh i got this hat you know <laughs> how did he get his gloves uh, how did he get, how did the, he, get the ball? he just bounces against the floor and stuff so it is frustrating that I just think it's really disjointed. Parts of it are quite nice. When I first saw Lynn Collins, because this is the first thing I remember seeing first Lynn Collins in anyway, um, I remember thinking, gosh, she's got a real Michelle Monaghan air to her. Now, you wouldn't get the two of them mixed up if they were next to each other. They do look different, but they've got a similar quality. They're a similar age, similar build, similar colouring. And it turns out this was actually offered... Um, to Michelle Monaghan first uh, who couldn't make it for whatever reason I, I did look but I can't remember it was scheduling conflicts but I'm not yeah. quite sure what she, she's kind of like a cross between um, Michelle Monaghan and uh, Jennifer Lawrence and you know, obviously you know, Jennifer Lawrence was like way younger at this point but... yeah but that sort of fresh face yeah. slightly flatter faced in jean new look whereas Michelle Monaghan's yeah and, but there are similarities you can see it mm. Um. And then we sort of 
as soon as we sort of go for that, we got the Weapon X bit, and then we're straight into the final act of the film. And the effects are all terrible. Um, not all of them, but most of them. I, I would say a critical mass of them are very poor. Um, if you've ever heard, if you've never seen this film, but ever heard anyone talking about the effects in it, the 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 effect shots they'll they'll typically take the piss out of are the correct ones. They like when you watch the film, you're like, oh yeah, that's the one everyone takes the piss out of, and we'll get to it. I just thought it was a waste, and and Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant's not in it. <laughs> Hugh Grant, Imagine that'll be a different film. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, oh. that would be like yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry about this. It happens all the time. Let me see if I can retract these. Um, Maybe he had a mini tunty because he wasn't in this film. But but yeah, Hugh Jackman's really good in it, and Danny Houston's really good in it. Leave Shrive was very one-dimensional, but he certainly burns. He's the still screen. quite menacing, though. He just—he's. I find he, like he's quite intense. He gives like really intense. He's very intense, but again, I just think we keep saying that this series has got no care in the way it's looked after. And here's your first proof. We're in 2009. We're only nine years on from the first film, a trilogy which only finished three years before. And there is no way Sabretooth and, and Logan knew each other in the first film, as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, but retcon style here. It's very retconny. It's very unnecessary. And they've just chucked everything at the wall and hoped it sticks. It's not as bad as it looked to me in 2009. But again, it's still it's still a bottom tier X Men film, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it, it don't I mean, it didn't really need because in the comics, you know, Sabretooth isn't like his brother or half brother, whatever you want to call it. They don't have that background. I mean, they do have like a history, like you know, where like you know, with, it goes back uh, with the you know the Weapon X days, and you know when he got his antibiotic claws, they they were like, you know. Rivaling each other back then, even though they you were know, kind of kind of on the same side kind of thing, but um, so they do have like you know an early history, but they're not like brothers. Do you know what I mean? And I just I, I just think you could have like you know it wouldn't have made any difference for him. Yeah, you know, what, what 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 do we get for for them being brothers? Really, you could have just had him nothing be like, because the the first thing in the film is about. They don't entirely share parentage, do they? And you think they they would use that in some way or build up a resentment or one of them being a favourite or something. It's not actually relevant, Chris, is it? Well, no, because it's just like, you know, within like, we get to the title scene and and pretty much straight away they're being recruited by Stryker. Yeah. And then they go, well, I was like, well, they, you could have started their relationship there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it, then it, and, and, <clears throat> so... A lot of the retcons are unnecessary. A lot of the descriptions are unnecessary. Mm. I don't know if it's actually healthy to see... I don't think it's healthy. It sounds ridiculous because it's entirely healthy in terms of the character. But it's not healthy almost in terms of our relationship with Logan to see him in like a really cheesily happy relationship. Mm. Uh, it's it's kind of mining. It is like... I keep likening him to Clint Eastwood because he looks like him. But you don't want to see the man with no name taking the kids to school in the prequel. You know what I mean? And then he's like, something goes wrong there and he decides to go into random town and sort shit out. Um, so I had problems with that. And the other thing is, I have to I have to at once say to Chris, I told you so, and go, sorry, buddy, you were right, in the same fucking sentence, because they've been completely inconsistent on the bullets. If you watch... Um, 
if you watch X-Men 2, it goes right into his skull and then it works its way out. And it's only when it pops out a few minutes later that everything can heal and he can come round. Here, bullets basically bounce off his head except the adamantium one which goes through. So they're not even consistent on that. Yeah. Um, just a quick word on the director. I think it's going to be a very quick word because I don't know that I've seen his stuff except Ender's Game. He, he made. Um, oh, I, I, I forgot about in this game. He, he made yeah, Sotsi, Sotsi, which was nominated for Best Foreign Language Film, and I'd heard of it because I always know the nominations. I think he's South African, and it is set in Johannesburg and stuff. But I mean, it's kind of, I suppose, a similar career direct trajectory to someone like Fukunaga. Um, but I did see End, Ender's Game, which was definitely sort of a YA film. It was definitely for young adults. And it was written by Orsian Kurt no, it wasn't written by Orsian Kurtzman, that's all right. They they I recommend reading the books. The books are really good. Um and I thought, yeah, as as it comes from a um young adult novel, I thought it was actually quite a decent film. I was I was impressed. It was yeah. fine for what it was and, and actually talking about effects, although this was a few years later, it looked very good as well. It looked like they spent some money on it. The yeah. l- I was in uh, I was impressed by the ending. A ending had a really good sort of like, you know, kick to the gut kind of thing. Yeah. But then I say that yeah. I say that as someone who hasn't read the book so yeah oh yeah <laughs> so it, could, it could be it. a total betrayal yeah, but, you know, alert, but i can recommend um, the books for sure the last film he did i've i've not seen i think i was down to see it and then i think no it was a year before um no it came out october 19 here so this is pre-covid i i, I thought this was cancelled with my name next to it to go to review it but it wasn't kira knightley film called official secrets mm. Uh, about that was a good of, film. About spying and stuff. Um, Ray Fiennes in it. Matt Smith's um, in it. Um, Matt, Matthew Good's in it. Yeah, Ray Fiennes. It's got everybody, it. all the all the Brit class. Yeah. And he also before that did um, Iron Sky, which has uh, quite a patricia, um, quite a decent cast. Yeah, that was uh, a good film as well. Helen Mirren, yeah. Alan Paul, Alan Alan Rickman. Uh, I've have I seen that? No, it's not ringing the bell. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, you should. So you it's had a decent film. Definitely worth this. checking out. Definitely worth checking mm. out. It's great. Um, acting roles. He's been an actor as well, which I didn't even know. But I think that must be just like small bits and pieces he turns up in. Um, Rhodes. I remember Rhodes. That was about Cecil Rhodes. And it had Neil Pearson in it. I remember that. He was in that as well. Okay. All right. Anyway. So there's a little bit of sort of, um, I suppose prestige behind this in terms of the director he's a bit of a, a sort of art house darling at this stage but again you've got two writers whose record is mixed to say the least um i don't see i know it sounds silly but i don't see brian singer's name here even as a producer so he, he was obviously completely divorced from this series at this point um, in terms of how it did they this might present an answer x-men the last stand had a 210 million budget this is 150 so with a 373 million take so maybe the effects budget was tight i don't know for what they're trying to do don't know i'm talking to lord of the rings dominic monaghan's in this but completely wasted yeah we'll see more of him uh, when we come to that uh, series and will i am in this uh but is uh, uh sadly completely utilized so <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad. Like this is like his, you know, big screen debut. Playing, I think, was 
I think like I remember reading an interview with him somewhere like his favorite character was was Nightcrawler I think so obviously he was cast he approached the filmmakers for this one and then said oh yeah I really want to be in this film um and they sort of gave him a character with similar teleportation powers but it's just like it's weird I am you know he's he's a major you know musician producer uh writer you know um multi-talented polymath person um and you see him for like all of five minutes on screen it's like what travesty what's going it's on it's more like will i'm not well it is quite frankly well, in this, I mean, in this well, film it's fair well if he's on screen he's awful <laughs> well, this guy's not an actor I mean his demise even his demise scene it's like it's like someone's won a raffle to appear in an X-Men no. <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean, I mean if, if Becker's story is correct like he just sort of like turned up and said can I be in this and they go well, yeah alright then I just, he, he, I, I was think, he must have auditioned as well but I think you know because He's, he's also he's a bit of a, a geek as well. Obviously, he grew up kind of um, reading the comics and watching the TV series and things like that. Um, and he's known for... Yeah, you know, but hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Think of the real-world example of that. One of Chris's mates has always loved Casualty. <laughs> Turns up <laughs> at his place of work, a bit pissed, and goes, can I have a go at bandaging question. that wound? <laughs> no, your mate isn't where I am, is it? Ah. <laughs> can I do those stitches? <laughs> no, not till you've been to university. Yeah. It's all right, Chris. I'll, I'll I'll get this medication for you. <laughs> Look, I, I just remember it was in a green bottle. They all do the same stuff, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a green bottle with a cross, skull and crossbones on it. Yeah. Yeah, send, sending a sending a car crash victim home with an irrepressible <laughs> erection. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. Shall we discuss this film sequentially, folks? I suppose. So we we start in an unusual place. Uh, I thought for it, 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 we start with a child of the bed. It it feels like very much like doesn't feel like a simple opening of of a film. It feels very much like. But you know what I mean? Like you know, I I kind of felt like we just sort of like get landed straight into the straight into something where as opposed to like a typical like opening scene or establishing something that sets up. It's just like you know we hear like a child. Hearing like commotion downstairs, uh, um, or father or presumed father comes in. He actually looks, you know, kind of, you know, Hugh Jackman-esque. Um, sort of calm him down. Well, he probably is Hugh Jackman's dad, isn't it? I get confused. Well, they've got different fathers. Mm. Him and him and I forget which way round, and I only watched it yesterday. But one of them has leave Schreiber the elder as father so you would assume that would be leave Schreiber the younger mm-hmm. and the other one has the father who's there um, yeah. and w- when they go to say something I think the parents are saying to each other don't tell him so they obviously know it's not like she went and cheated on him or so, or if she did it's years later everyone knows about it except the kids yeah um yeah, so it's it's basically like the the groundskeeper, isn't it? So like uh, Victor is like the the groundskeeper's son who's supposing like like you know living with him. By the way, his and father. And she's we, had an do, affair. We've talked about Mike from Neighbours, big film star Mike from Neighbours. Uh, this was Shane from Neighbours. His dad was Shane from Neighbours. Oh God, yes he was. He used to live oh with God. Des and Daphne. Oh, I totally forgot about that, you know. And he fell in love with Daphne and he felt terrible who, about it, so he left. Who was oh Shane? God. Which one was Shane? The one played by the guy who's Wolverine's dad. <laughs> oh, no. I've seen him before. Hang on a minute, we get a photo up here. Shane Hold on, that's fine. From Neighbours. 
<laughs> Peter O'Brien, the actor's called. It was that era where they all had mullets and shit. Well, I mean, yeah, of I mean, course. I mean, I mean, here he is. Hang on a second. Let me just find this. It's here somewhere, folks. I've got it. Google right. Him. Uh, here we go. I'm now sharing a picture of him with, with Kylie from the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hang on a there you go. Pinterest. So, yeah. He went on to Father yeah. Wolverine. Well, I say yeah, went I on. This was 1986. So he recovered from this and went on to, yeah. I've got a strange... Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? I've got the strangest Google search history. Yeah, I wouldn't want to look at your search history. All these... So much random. Oh, wow, that is a mullet. That is a mullet, Yeah, that it? is what you call a mullet, people. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite Jason Donovan, but... Hey. <laughs> no, it's not. Good old Kylie and Jason. But it's that era. It's like around the same mm. time, just before. So, yeah, that's Wolverine's dad anyway. He was killed by what you imagine to start with is a drunk sort of Thomas Logan. I'm a bit confused, right? Father is called John Howlett. Logan yeah. is called James Howlett. Yeah. Sabretooth is called Victor Creed and his father's called Thomas Logan. How does that work out? I'm not sure. Where did, he get, where, did, where did he get Victor Creed from? Because Victor Creed is actually... Um, um, uh, his name was Sabretooth. Is actually all the name of Sabretooth. So to call him something else would be odd. I mean, I don't know, unless he's like taking his mother's name. Yeah. I, I'd imagine that's the only explanation. Right. But, okay. Um, we'll go with that then. His mother was called Creed. But, yeah. But obviously, you know, I mean, other than that, this is kind of typical of Wolverine's backstory because he was, well, Chris, well, he's born like James Howlett, but obviously his biological father is. Um, um, the surname is Logan, yeah. so that's probably that. That makes sense why he takes the name Logan. Logan tells James that he's also his son. All oh, right, so they actually both are. I'm confused because it says Victor Creed's father. I'm wondering if Victor Creed's maternal mother died, and it's their mother that's different. They're meant to be half brothers, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and we we find out here they've got the same father. So is it that they're they think they're half brothers and they're full brothers? Or is it that they are actually half brothers, but it's different mothers? I'm not really sure. Yeah, so I think I think <laughs> the film's not really clear because it zips through it, but um, I, I imagine it's the case of. Um, I recommend Victor, you. I recommend you just enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Victor Victor has a um, yeah. That, Victor, that that's Victor's father, that groundskeeper. Uh, what what about the mother? We we don't know. So that's not told. So we assume yeah, she's out of the picture somehow. Joe, she's like abandoned or died or or something like that right so they were being um, brought up by this couple right all right yeah but he lives on the grounds with them um and so and and, and his um howlett's wife had an affair with groundskeeper logan and that's that's why they're both biologically probably brothers. that's more like it isn't it yeah and that will be in keeping with the storyline of Wolverine, because uh, that, that's why. But, right. Yeah. So they run away while Wolverine gets upset and stabs the guy with his like bone claws then, that he's yeah. never seen come out of his hands before. And then stabs stabs the groundkeeper and then realises, I'm your son. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you could have said that before I stabbed you. There's a chance that I might <laughs> not have, but, you know, dramatic tension and all that. 
Uh, I mean, you know, just scar someone for life. Yeah. So anyway, the the two boys uh, run uh, away. Until, until, the, until the bad guy frees you by you know, clearing your memory, making the whole fucking film. Uh, sorry. <laughs> just okay. <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Just just a bit of thought. I mean, of like, if you, you know, if you if so you, what's this film about? Oh, if you slept with if you slept with Lynn Collins, you'd want to know about it. <laughs> but there you go. Um, right. That's the so, real tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, it could have been Michelle Monaghan. Oh. Just as well, it was white then, right? Uh, so we we then in, we're then into like a credit sequence where they fight through various wars um, in slow motion, but it's not obnoxious slow motion. It's quite cool actually. I think that's quite yeah. As I say, I think that's quite a cool sequence, isn't it? Because you're like World War One, World War Two, um, obviously Vietnam, like Korea, Vietnam, that sort of thing. I think it's done. It is obviously very slow mo sort of thing. Um, it's not very cheesily done. I think it's done in a really effective way. I think it's quite a stylish title it sequence. Is. I think World War Two deliberately looks like Saving Private Ryan. It does, yeah. It's been it's very dirty, very muddy, and it's very very much in that vein. It, it is the law now. Yeah, that, every World War Two movie like... must must look like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. So I would, yeah, I would, I would agree that it's a very cool opening, you know, title sequence. I think this series, if this anything, film moving, if it's known for it's moving on too fast. for very cool opening sequences. It moves on too fast, though, because they're brothers, right? Yeah, which is enough to give fire. them a bond. <laughs> we then go into a montage. What I mean, I, I know at the end of a Rocky montage, he goes from never trained a day in his life to ready to oh, knock out world champions. So you can, get, you can get shit done in a montage. But by the end of it, Victor's <laughs> like, a, Victor's <laughs> like Sorry. an aspiring rapist and stuff. Yeah, it's a bit much, isn't it? So he's already gone bad by the end of the title sequence. Yeah, so we've gone from like, your oh, brothers will stick together. Oh, you know, got a bit of chip in his shoulder to like, yeah, we're fighting. Yes, I just like enjoy killing a bit too much to like, don't care. Just, you know, do what I want. Rape and murder, fine. It's yeah. fun, in it? And that's it. So that's the first sort of bad sign in this film because you think you've just got a very major plot point out like straight away um so they're incarcerated well they've, they've got a firing squad which they survive and then they're imprisoned and william Stryker, who was if if you remember brian cox in the second film danny houston here uh, basically offers the membership of the his sort of elite group of mutants and this section of the film might we might end up getting through fairly quickly. It depends how much you guys want to say about it, because I just think this point of the part of the film is entirely fucking pointless. Where I don't understand the point of any of this. Well, you I mean it's fair to say the same thing about the entire fucking movie because, like, it, it sets up one thing and then just completely just. It, it, it moves on to, to one bit that doesn't make sense. It looks like it's going to be a superhero team-up movie and, like, Wolverine will be spiritually the Captain America of this lot. And it's over in 20 minutes? I can't remember how long it is now. Or oh, 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 your setup is like, Wolverine versus the rest of them? Possibly, yeah, but neither really happens. We end up meeting all these guys... Very few of them stick in your mind. You know, you might... Dominic Monaghan can switch fucking lights on. I mean, brilliant. Um, I mean, he can do a bit more than that, to be fair, but... Um, yeah, he, he can basically control, like, electricity, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, he can. He, yeah. And then you've got, sort of, super strength, and you've got teleporter, and you've got, like, this agent Good zero, shot. who I genuinely thought was Daniel Day Kim. Uh, 
but he isn't. So Daniel Henney, Agent Zero, we'll see him later. He's basically, um, yeah, Deadshot. He's he's sort of um, Deadshot in this with aerobics. Way. With aerobics, Deadshot. He's basically Thin Lizzy and Deadshot. Uh, Mr. Motivator. <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds, Wade Wilson, the Merc with a mouth, who later won't have a mouth. Yeah. And this is sort of. They've got to retrieve a meteorite in Nigeria. Mm. And they um about to sort of slaughter uh, a small village of, of people. Yeah. Um because they because they won't give it up. Um and then like Wolverine says, No, that's not on. Yeah. I'm not down with that shit. And they um And leaves. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. That's it for this whole section of the film. You could have just introduced us to William Stryker and hinted he was working on some advanced weapon, and that's it. You don't need any of this, except the running time would be very, very slight without it. We go on six years later for um, for context. Six years later is 1979, mm. which is the year of the Three Mile Island accident, which will be relevant at the end of the film. So it's another one of these things... The Assassin's Creed series did it. Instead of like sewing yourself into history, you kind of rewrite history to have happened around you. Um, but we'll see that in the X Men films a bit going forward. So mm-hmm. he's now going by the name Logan. Now he's been being called Logan all the way along, hasn't he? At this point. Yeah. Quite why, I'm not sure, because given he killed his father, but he's gone by Logan all this time. Probably to sort of... It's probably like like putting the Skywalker, you know, book kids on Tatooine. It's probably yeah. a little bit like, ah, Logan, he'll never find me because I'm Howlett. Yeah, okay. Um, he's now working sort of in... I'm presuming it's the Canadian Rockies or something. And he's living with his girlfriend, Kayla, who's actually Silver Fox, if you look her up in the Marvel sort of canon. It does hint at her power here. In fact, it shows you her power later, but we'll come to it. Um, and Victor's... He's, he's living a good life as a lumberjack. And, yeah, you know. he's, he's frequent wood. Um, and Victor is... He's of... a lumberjack and he's okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> so like, and looks all day. Or the other way around. I, I wish I were a girly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean... Hang so... around Meanwhile, I still don't know what the Python joke was in Black Widow, by the way. You said it made you laugh, and I don't know what that joke was. Oh, um, I, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen the film. All right, fair enough. Uh, it, it wasn't anything to do with Monty Python. Well, that's what I thought. I thought if I missed a really, like, a, a small reference, I don't remember a Python in it. <laughs> no, I don't, remember, I don't remember seeing a dead parrot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pushing uh, up daisies. Walking like she shit herself and stuff. In city walks, no? <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, wasn't um, she meets up with Florence Pugh in Budapest and it's like, I'd like an argument, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Go on, Ackle. Go on. <laughs> You're supposed to Not the best uh, It's very naughty, boy. I mean, I, I mean, we'll say, it instantly made me want to watch Moonraker. So there is that. That's the um, one. She's, That's the one. she's mouthing along to it as well, so she knows all the words. Spoiler alert, he, she watches Moonraker in it. And it's the scene where he goes, oh, I saw you had the encounter with my pet python. Oh, I get it. Sorry, everybody, spoiler alert. So you're, la- so you're laughing at the fact Moonraker was in it. I thought someone whipped out their trouser snake and I'd missed it. <laughs> 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 I thought it was 
No, I, I, just, I tried to, right, what, what could I pick to kind of nudge you along? I obviously picked the wrong thing, so apologies for that one. Right, okay. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> she watched me make her. I was like, yeah, oh, she was driving along really to it as well. And she's part of a new generation of MCU fans, and like, and vice versa. And it doesn't help the fact that I might really get into like rewatch the bombs now because um, I'm reading um, some kind of hero and just kind of, oh, I'm going to watch that film. Now. Well, funny thing is, right, the that's just a really good book, isn't it? The last one yeah. I watched until last night was Moonraker. I watched for your eyes only last night because I'm going yeah, through them so like one or two a week them. in time for the new one. I'm a little bit behind actually, but it does mean my next film is Octopussy. Oh, your favourite. <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, I, I can I mean, imagine I'm not doing any particular order I'm just going by like, oh, MCU fans time. will be watching that film and thinking who's that elderly gentleman dressing with such casuality so back to this film Victor is or whatever we want to call him Sabretooth Victor is, <laughs> is hunting down people yeah so we first kill um, one of the hobbits um, yeah. probably denied them second breakfast yeah. Start to death. <laughs> um. Then what? Then we've I mean, got for, re- for, for reasons why I still don't know. No. Nope. Well, the movie. we kind of <laughs> learn, we kind of learn at the end. I think it's to do with experimenting on them and removing their powers. I don't think he's just killing them and disappearing. I think he's killing them and taking them, but I'm not sure. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. He's... Okay. He, t- he takes a sample of blood, doesn't he? Yeah. We're led to believe Wade is already dead, you know, Deadpool, but obviously we'll find out that's not the case later. And then Stryker finds Logan and says that oh, this is how quick this film is is moving on. We're, we're, we're probably about half an hour in at this stage, mm. but substantive plot points that mean anything, we've done about three or four minutes worth and we're yeah. already this far in. So, so um, Stryker yeah, comes Stryker to Logan finds, for help. Yeah, yeah, he's... And we've already set up on the premise that, like, Victor, he's, you know, this is like the commando thing, like, John, he's killing our men. John. He's gone rogue. He's yeah. gone rogue, yeah. And Logan's supposed to help, and then, of course, we see Kayla murdered. Well, we don't see her murdered, and that's the point. Victor sort of mm. tracks her down, and then when she's found, she's covered in blood, and he grabs her, and he looks up at the sky, and he's like, no! You, you, you think, be like, Strange, I don't see actually any wounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he didn't, he never tasted it and was like, oh, daddy's ketchup. <laughs> you know. Oh, actually, no, to, to be fair, isn't a power like persuasion. Can I just say, for anyone not in this country, when I say daddy's ketchup, that is a brand of tomato ketchup. It's not a lewd euphemism for a gentleman's Daddy's brown sauce. For gentleman's relish or anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's got actually got to be a table source I'm presuming because she's still alive I don't don't know how this works what it turns out it's like Nick Fury syndrome they've given her something to slow her heartbeat down so slow she'll be like appear to be dead Wolverine and like Victor go at it have a fight and Mm. Victor's kind of defeated and Stryker says I do need to help you I can help you beat him and it is to do with the whole adamantium thing which is something they found yeah. in Nigeria. Now, I don't know in the comics whether adamantium and vibranium um, coexist or whether vibranium is vibranium because adamantium was already used and it should have been Wakanda. I'm not sure. Because they do mention it that it came from the sky, don't they? So, Which is the same as, yeah. So adamantium from Nigeria instead of 
vibranium from Wakanda, I suppose. Mm. But happy to be told we're wrong there. They might coexist. I don't know. Because I'm sure if you look up vibranium, it, 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 it did exist in Marvel. Mm. It's whether they were either interchangeable or they've both been slightly rewritten because of the X-Men doing it first. Because we know, for example, they couldn't use the term mutant back along to describe the twins. So, I don't know. So now he's going to have this, this um, procedure, which we've seen hinted at in X2, where he's in a huge vat of water, basically where he fought Deathstrike in the second film. And he's, yeah. going, he's going to have hot metal poured into him and bond with his skeleton. Mm-hmm. And he wants a dog tag to say Wolverine. And one with his name. Because of something that... Um, no, Nick Carr said... What? She Kayla? Said, you're like a Wolverine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he could, he could have had Sex Machine put on there. It depends what she'd said on that given day, wouldn't it? <laughs> Got a massive cock written on one of them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, so this is after he's, he's tracked down Victor as well. He's, he's had a bit of a fight with... Uh, mm. and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, a fight that which he's lost. So he's like... So it kind of stops. She says, well, well, I do need the... I do need like the the extra help. Yeah. So um, he has this treatment, which the the one effect that does look quite nice is where it cools on his skeleton and goes sort of a metallic mm-hmm. color. And that's kind of cool. But then he says something about wiping his memory, and amazingly, underwater Wolverine hears this, and then he goes sort of bananas. Although you know, the sort of I suppose iconic by the X Men series standard, him leaping out of the water mm-hmm. with the claws out screaming. I like, I, and now this is the first thing I was like, hang on, what? Now you decide to do that? What, surely, his... surely you wipe his memory first. And then sedate and then him? He... Yeah. Wipe his memory. I mean, they did sedate. mention they can't really sedate him, but. Because of his powers, but. Oh, sorry, yes, they did, sorry. They said about anaesthetic and they said uh, it doesn't work on him, but that's why he's the right person for this. His body just overcomes it. Mm. All right, that's fair enough, but you think they would do it first, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you think like, let's get the the credit before we do something that'll piss them off, and and and, so, and, and before we got to shoot a bullet-sized hole in this expensive rare adamantium. Yeah, so before we actually make you literally indestructible now, yeah. um, let, we'll, we'll make sure that you're under our control first. Yeah. Because if we got evil plans to do that. But no, we'll we'll do the before he comes to the facility. This is the plan. When he's under, we're going to wipe his memory. I'm not going to say it with him here because he's got exceptional mm. hearing and sense of smell. His his senses are heightened. I don't say it once he's in the building, but we will want to. We will want to because he he's under a complete mass misapprehension as to why we're doing this mm. for him. So no, so he jumps out and runs off, bollocky, completely bollock naked. Yes. Completely. Uh, Billy so, yeah, no, 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 no can stop him because, you know, he's now like, you know. Indestructible. He, he's literally the weapon X you created. And then, uh, where do we go there? He, he runs into um, the Kents now, doesn't he? He runs into the, a barn. Uh, they're, they're driving down the road. It is very Mar and Park Kent. They've even got quite a dated vehicle, although this is the 70s, I suppose. And he runs into a bar because it's the first place he can get some sort of shelter. Mm-hmm. And they give him. Flu- food and clothing, including a leather jacket. Chris, Not eh? Before he, 
a leather it's a it's the leather jacket chris is it the leather jacket? It's the leather jacket, the one that made X Men and X Men Two work such well as so well as movies. I always wonder where he got that jacket. I did. It, it, it was a question that I was aching to be answered. I did wonder. I wonder if he was naked in a barn with a couple of pensioners. <laughs> well, now you know. And they, they're like, "Here's a jacket, and here's our son's motorcycle." I mean, I mean, didn't the Kents sort of like discover like you know um, Clark running running across them? start naked while driving yes but he he was um he was a little bit younger i I don't think he would present the same threat as a imperfect shape 30 40 year old or whatever he is but 40 year old physically anyway so they give him food clothing a leather jacket chris and their motorcycle and, and he wrecks the bathroom. And it, this with, is with right. cartoon, with cartoon. <laughs> we see he's he's obviously only just had this grafted onto him, and the first time his claws come out, he's in fight or flight, so he hasn't had a chance to stop and really look. So of course, in the bathroom, he just releases the claws out and has a look at them. And when I was watching it, any time I saw green screen, I just forgave it because I thought, well, they're animating something in there. Every time I saw sort of an effect, I would think. I wonder if that's finished. And when I saw the claws, I remember thinking, yeah, that's nowhere near finished. It looks really cartoonish. And it still does. It looks absolutely terrible. Mm. Um, and I just love it, the fact... It, it very much looks like, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit level. Yeah, it uh, actually, to the degree that... I'd, I'd tell you what I thought of as well, is um, quite often, uh, think back to the future 2 or Blade Runner where you've got the flying vehicles in that and suddenly it looks like a process shop it looks like something a little bit cartoony mm. sort of superimposed now in those cases they were probably miniatures but the fact remains it just all looks badly composited and it does here as well i just think this is all really really convenient because he smashes up their bathroom now walks in with half the sink and they're like set it down over there it's mm. like you think they might be a little bit wary, and then of course they're they're in the barn the next day, and the the two elder elderly ones are shot by Zero, the the, yeah. the dead shot basically, and we see how far away the shots from, and the shot where the camera, so to speak, virtual camera, goes across the fields to find him looks so fake, and I would say from about here on in, most of the effects are terrible. I mean, there's been some ropey ones so far, but it's almost like it is almost like they worked on the film in sequence. And from now on, they're like running out of time and money because everything looks terrible and fake and kind of sound stagey and a bit painted. It's really weak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it doesn't zero. You know, no strikers after him after him anyway. Yeah, so, you know, this is like, yeah, so this is like, you know, part of Striker's, like, brilliant plan. <laughs> yeah. Tell the guy, rather than just fucking sniper him with this bullet that's supposed to be so yeah. effective. Yeah, yeah, me, me yeah, this, this is what doesn't make sense. Like, they give him, like, you know, essentially, like, the, the, the perfect, like, shot guy. Mm-hmm. And he's using regular bullets. Meanwhile, well, meanwhile, I, I, like, you know, in that scene, we cut to, um, uh, and he's got like animantium bullets like loading in his gun. He's like, why did you give it to fucking him? Yeah, because and... presumably you weren't just trying to shoot the old folks. 
you, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, uh, uh, instantly, instant, like, like, this makes no sense. Now we know that an adamantium bullet can't kill him at this stage, but no, we know but it's going to wipe but, his memory. But, it... but uh, accepting that, like you know, no one knows that at this point. You think like, well, this is probably the, the the best shot we have, so to speak. But even if Stryker does know this, which is kind of they pull that out of their ass, they've got no way of really knowing that. And the, the idea that it will go into his brain and not kill him, but it will kill his memories, is a complete guess. Mm-hmm. Well. If it's that bit of the brain, it's going to damage. Why is it not going to, you know, damage the bit where he learnt to walk or something? You know what I mean? It's really, yeah. really not that good. But um, I mean, even if and, and if that's the point, shoot from closer. If the whole point is that like you got to get there before he sort of comes round and he's all right, well, shoot from a lot closer. You, there's no re- the only reason to sit like a mile away is to show off your mutant ability and give us a very poor quality effect of that tracking shot across to it. Mm. So it's rather shit now, but now he's going to sort of go out and try and find out what's going on. What 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 happened to the team he was with. Now I have to say, I paid so little attention in the first act that when he gets to Dukes, the now massively obese boxer, I'd forgotten him from the first act. <laughs> I was like, all right, was he was he early in the film earlier? Was he all right? Okay, yeah. and the fat suit he's in looks absolutely terrible. Well, yeah, it's basically the blob, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is the blob. So we have we have a we have a boxing scene, um, and he gets basically gets information from him, um, and also I forgot to mention the the fact that you know Wolverine does the all all, all cool guys walk walk away from explosions about looking. Which was already a cliche by now. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, I think The Usual Suspects was the last time it wasn't a cliche. Yeah, probably. Maybe from Dust Till Dawn, because they walk away, because that's a funny scene where yeah. they're walking away from the exploded bar. And um, we we introduced to Scott Summers, who's at school. For no reason at all. Yep. Played by someone who looks like he's twenty-five. Because it's <laughs> it's origins, Chris. It's origins. Remember the title. You're gonna find yeah. out the origins and also how he got that coat. It's so random. It's like why? Obviously, I know why he's in this film, but it's just like it's like. But 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 this time we want to do Scott Summers justice by not really. We're not having him played by James Marsden. Or, or or not really sort of giving him. Anything, or not at really, all. <laughs> given anything to do really no reason um, to be here he's just he's just a mutant he could be any can. mutant he's just like you know striker wants laser eyes so that's it exactly it's just oh this is where they get this idea from and it's kind of you know they might as well just call this like x-men colon origins hyphen wolverine we don't re- do we are we ever Deadpool. really told why he wants all these powers. Why does he want this weapon? What is this weapon going to do uh, for him? I was going to know about Weapon X, so I do want Weapon 11. You know. but to, to do what? Exactly, well, we don't know. Well, exactly. It's, it's like a military project though, isn't it? So it's kind of like, you know, or someone we can, can control theoretically and can just, like, it's like the ultimate so, um, soldier, isn't it? That's disconcertingly you... vague. This is it. Well, because you want to know he's, I mean, what he's doing is unethical, but if he was like, if he's still a member of the military and it's used for good, I think I think also it's like to kind of 
team of the mutants. So it's like someone who can match other mutants, essentially. Right. Okay. I think I think I remember some hmm. something about that. So they go to New Orleans, Bourbon Street. I've been there. It's quite funny. I went to Bourbon Street once. Now I walked down several streets in New Orleans, and then I walked down one street that was noticeably sleazier than the rest, and it was Bourbon Street. And then I saw this strip club, and there was this was about eleven o'clock in the morning because I glanced up at the TV. Every bar I went past was showing Premier League football. So, given Premier League football kicks off at like two and four on a Sunday mm. our time, this is like, yeah, probably ten, eleven o'clock in the morning. So I'm walking past like that, and on the right hand side, I see some sweaty, drunk guys in t-shirts that are too tight and shorts, and they're arguing with the bouncer of the strip club. And I thought, I bet, and yeah, they were British. Um, so yeah, um, Bourbon Street. It's uh, lots of bars, strip clubs, all that, you know, sports bars, places to eat, all that sort of thing. And they go there purely to get to see Gambit. Now, Gambit, they've been trying to launch as a film with Channing Tatum forever. Um, and i got to feel just a little bit sorry for the guy here because this guy played um, John Carter. And it, that failed quite badly as well and actually wasn't mm. that bad. What's the guy, What's the actor called? Um, oh, it's um, um, Tyler Kitch. Tyler Kitch, yeah. Um, although he looks a lot younger here than he does in John Carter, which is basically you can see the effect, you can see the um, influence John Carter had on He-Man. But um, so this guy who basically plays cards and can charge with kinetic energy, so blasts Wolverine through a wall, and it's Gambit, whose real name is Remy LeBeau. That's it, Tyler Kitch. And he's looking for, for where Stryker is and where the mutants have been taken. Can I just take the opportunity to say how great it is we finally see Gambit in an X-Men movie? Like in the cartoon series, I don't know why. I think it's because he had a cheesy accent. Uh, but he's like one of my favourite characters in the cartoon. And to see him, it's like one of the rare events where you see Gambit in the movies and it's just like, yes! Even though it's Taylor Kitsch. And he's got this cheesy I mean, Cajun accent. But I think it's pretty nice. cool. Taylor Kitsch is actually alright in it. I mean, if you if you tell me, oh, oh, this is Gambit, I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. That's right, not too bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think what else I've seen Taylor Kitchen. I'm just looking at his filmography now. 21 Bridges, which was one of um, Chadwick Boseman's final films. True Detective, but that wasn't the first series, so I don't know what, which series it was he was in. Lone Survivor, so which wasn't a great film by all accounts. Battleship. John Carter, yeah, X Men Origins, Wolverine, Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, I think I think he didn't have a, a the. I think it's that yeah, John Carter to you because he was in the Battleship, which got slated. John Carter, which the the critics gave a hard time to at the time, and then um, Savages, which again wasn't like particularly. What made me smile is they deliberately took off Mars out of the title because they thought it wouldn't sell. It was like having you know <clears throat> time travel in in a you know the film name like Back to the Future or something yeah and I just think well so you, you think cutting it down to a, a fairly generic name if you've never heard it before is going to like have people flocking to the cinema then at least of yeah. Mars like so, the sci-fi crowd if they've not heard of it might think what's that it sounds more interesting so oh what's that of Mars yeah you know yeah otherwise but, it's yeah. quite boring isn't it otherwise it's just like yeah. John Carter but then of Mars ooh you add that Wow factor. 
so yeah after all this they basically have a bit of a fight and it's it's effectively uh victor turns up again you again yeah and he's taken a sample of his blood that's what it is when he kills them he has to take samples from them so it doesn't seem to matter if they're dead or alive so quite why some of them have been kidnapped i don't know yeah like he takes uh, scott summers before um Again, for you know, just to you know, for, for him to be picked up by. Well, just so there's an well, escape at the end, and you can see Professor Xavier. It's really not well thought out. You either need their blood or you need them. Why would you keep a rowdy group of like varying abilities prisoner if you just need their blood? Yeah. I mean, all right, it might be difficult with some of them, like Emma Frost or whatever, which we'll get to. Well, apparently that's not Emma Frost, but we'll get to it. So, it's Three Mile Island, which I believe is Pennsylvania. Wolverine goes there to confront Stryker, and whilst Stryker's doing his evil monologues, and the dialogue mm-hmm. in this film is really like Evil Villains 101. Um, Kayla's still alive. She stood beside him. They do a flashback to how she uh, faked her death, and she's keeping track of... She She's helping in order to free her sister. And this is where we get the really confusing bit of, but Wolver- but Logan, you were the final piece of the puzzle. So, was he? But you, there's still several you want, and there's still several you're working on. But anyway, it's uh, he's collecting yeah, mutants I... in order to take the powers to build a new one, a, a, an ultimate mutant. So... So yeah, and and meanwhile, I'm I'm not entirely sure why he gave him the animantium. Yeah, and Victor wants it now. I there's no need to give him the adamantium procedure. It was supposed to like, unless he thought he'd be some kind of op- operate. Well, he suppose he's weapon weapon X, isn't he? But I mean, yeah, I suppose the idea was to kind of use him as a. Yeah, but they implied that we're going to use him for his reject. Well, this doesn't make sense because if Wade Wilson, Deadpool, is your ultimate weapon, he's already got regenerative abilities anyway. So you don't need Wolverine for that. But Wolverine's, you're saying Wolverine's the final bit of your puzzle in building this new weapon. And yet we know he was Weapon X, the one before. So you were building him as a weapon Mm. in his own right. This film doesn't know, I don't think. They want the cool shot of him leaping out of water naked with the, the claws out. And they have to have some sort of plot to hang this film on. It's a mess. As it turns out, Kayla's power is the... It, I forget the term they use for it, but it's tactile persuasion, basically. If she touches you, she can tr- control how you think. Yeah. Uh, Victor's there and absolutely demanding the adamantium. Um... And, and, and you can't have it because, you know, reasons. Reasons, yeah. Because we've done the tests and you're not <laughs> compatible, but your time will come. What tests do you reckon they did? Blood test? Ah, t- oh, negative, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, because they've both got regenerative abilities. I mean, yeah, they've got, both got, like, similar sort of powers. They have. So uh, it, it doesn't really make much sense. No, it doesn't. But anyway, so for reasons, no, because there's only one Wolverine. Knocked, Wolverine knocks him out, and they show they they go to the holding cells. Kayla's all sorry, and there's a mm. few looks between them. 
and they're going there to free. I really did love you. You know, it wasn't all fake. Yeah, because the whole conversation was fake. It was real. Um, Hugh Jackman plays all that really well. And again, any plot breakdown you read of the film says Emma Frost, but I've heard Brian Singer say it's not. But then Brian Singer's not hands on with this, so I don't know. But, I, I think it was meant to be, but they just we'll like, see, so, so, so we'll see Emma Frost. It. We'll see Emma Frost in the next film, played by January Jones. Uh, so it's them and Scott Summers. That's just purely to put a mute, couple of mutants in you might have seen before. She can mm. basically make herself Diamond. Um, so panicking, Striker sort of sets weapon eleven going. And this is Ryan Reynolds. This is um, supposed to be Deadpool, but. Yeah, he's pale and deformed, having no mouth, and patterns on skin mark, marking his bone structure because he's had the adamantium too. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got swords coming out of his um, arms, arms which are longer than his forearms. So theoretically, his arms should be absolutely rigid and unable to bend. So that doesn't work. Mm. And then it's just it's a fight sequence, really, isn't it? door opens they have a fight in sort of what looks almost like a warehouse it's not and then they're trying to escape while these guys are fighting and then he's got lots of abilities he's a weapon 11 he kind of he can teleport he can do the optic blasts again if he can do the optic blasts i don't know where scott summers is still alive uh the teleportation the healing ability Mm. Uh, but he can't use Silver Fox, so he can't like literally touch Wolverine and just get him to stand down or anything. So this film is just doing whatever it needs to just get through a very poorly animated action sequence. All the while, they're sort of destroying Three Mile Island. Uh, Victor turns up um, and eventually, just for reasons, decides to partner with Wolverine. And so they fight together. Nobody kills you but me. Because yeah. reasons. Family. Yeah. So, so they win and shit and the kids get <laughs> out the kids get out to find Patrick Stewart with his face having been shrunken somehow yeah with like you know the worst uh, first face like you see this is worse than the one in for, in X-Men 3 yeah he looks it looks really weird I mean we all thought it looked strange in X3 but he well it looked even... a bit like clay or something in X-Men 3 in this one it just looks like it's been stretched over his face it's literally just like literally yeah. plastic surgery it to the max awful there are there and the whole point is he's walking when we know and in the previous film mm. it looked fine you know that was a little bit uncanny valley a little bit strange this, Maybe is, not like, this is 1979 thing, but... we're about to get something in the same timeline that has him paralysed a long way before this yeah, because bear bit. in mind the timeline, the timeline doesn't reset until Days of Future Past. X Men First no. Class is meant to be this, the early years. He's not walking in 1979. I think it originally was going to be, as you say, as we said earlier in the show, like Magneto, the early years, but then obviously it would become First Class. Um, but yeah, it's just the timeline just jump around a little bit. So, what next? Uh, they decide they're going to just kill Wolverine with an adamantium bullet. And they're like, but that won't kill him. And it's like, it's all right. It'll wipe his memory. And you know this how? <laughs> uh, so if that's what you wanted to do, then why don't you give it to your, your, your zero fellow originally? Why didn't you just do it to him to begin with, like you said? And when he comes round, it's like, quick, Logan. And you just play it as like he's on your side or something. 
Yeah. It would take him a long time to work out that's not the case. It's really piss poor. But, 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 but it, it's a better plan than what you fucking... Yeah. Well, it's really not well thought out, but it, it would actually work. But it's not thought I mean, out at all. Well, it, sort of, yeah. Um, sort of. It's not very good. I think the worst thing about it is it has... I've often said when you watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, quite often they digitally uh, re- replace their skies. And they do have this sort of slight peachy vanilla quality to them sometimes, a bit dreamlike. Well, this has that, but it looks terrible. It reminded me of... Um, I forget what the planet's called in Star Wars Episode 2, anyway. Where they have the big sort of arena fight. Oh, yeah, I know. I it don't looks know. piss poor. And I don't know what else I want to say about this, really. This battle ends up going nowhere. Silver Fox has been... It's a bit sh- inconsequential, isn't it? It's meant to be like the last big fight scene. Well, K- kind Kayla, of- has, um, Kayla has been shot. Wolverine's all like, oh, my love, and carrying her out, or heroically, but then he's shot several times, and as he runs forward, he's shot in the brain. Now, it appears to bounce off several of them. Or it doesn't quite go in. It you, the, the visual effect is totally different from the way they did it in X two. Yeah, you see it be pushed out, whereas here it just looks like a wound that just hits. It's it looks old. like it's bounced off and caused superficial damage. Mm. But anyway, she grabs him, a striker by the leg, and basically forces him to walk until his feet bleeds, and she dies. And then, of course, after he sort of wakes up from the the, the adamantium bullet, he doesn't recognise this woman. He just looks at her and he's like, you know, okay. But what's happened here then? Mm. And um, then he's apprehended. Uh, the general's which apprehended. Which kind of makes the entire film pointless, really, doesn't yeah. it? When you think then about it. Stryker's apprehended for a, the death of a general I'd completely forgotten. Who was earlier in the film? Watching it again to yesterday, I was like, mm. "Oh yeah, that's who he's going to be questioned about at the end." But I didn't give it a thought. Um, and apparently, there were two possible theatrical endings. Um, the one is in Japan, which is a hint as to where the next Wolverine goes. That wasn't on the version I saw on Disney Plus. Mm. The version is um, Deadpool's severed hand, uh, hand coming out from the rock and just shushing over his mouth mm-hmm. over his severed head because he was beaten by decapitation that's meant he's like a, a, a Deadpool film which we do eventually get but... we do about six or seven years later um, I can't remember when Deadpool 1 was now I can't remember if it was 14 or 16 or something like that it doesn't really matter but again it's got 16, no... yeah it was it's, 16 it... yeah. so another seven years after this um, same guy same you know similar character um, they wisely took no notice of this and of course when they come back with the next Wolverine film it's James Mangold and a quote unquote present day story and that's it that's so it. Uh, what are our thoughts for uh, X-Men Origins it Wolverine? sort of hangs together as a story there were, when I watch Apocalypse even more of that doesn't make sense. Even more of that is like, have you thought? I'm not forced to get into apocalypse because I remember it like at the very, even though it was it was stupid and kind of silly in places. Um, I kind of remembered like really like <laughs> and kind of at least enjoying my time with it. So I, I, 
But I'm looking forward to revisiting it. I don't know if I'll have the same reaction as I did. We know I always watch it with an open mind. We did a summer review in 2016, which is still on the site, a Cinematronic summer review where I slaughtered it. Um, The effects in that film are are very poor. Oscar Isaac is wasted. He can't really act through the makeup. The logic of the film doesn't make an awful lot of sense. He gathers a load of mutants to stand around him that do absolutely nothing. It's just a very bad film. Uh, as I recall, but I'll watch it again, and I'm willing to like change my mind if mm. there's material there with which to change it. I didn't. I thought this hung together very slightly better, but the pacing's awful. I mean, you're into the meat of the film three minutes in, with things that should be happening an hour in, mm. and half an hour into the film, you've done mo- you've done a whole section of plot that turns out to mean nothing really, and then you go straight on to a love story that is interrupted before we can really feel anything from it, except that if you've got some pre-existing history with Wolverine, you may just be happy to see him happy. But we get nothing for this one from this woman other than she's quite attractive and he seems to like her. And then we're straight into this, you know, stop weapons, uh, weapon 11, when we don't really know or care about him, and he was irritating in the first part of the film anyway. And we've got to save these mutants. We've only just been introduced to to introduce them to a guy that shouldn't actually be in this film and then we kill off a love story and he's got no memory of it so he kind of starts the film as logan becomes wolverine and then as a bullet and he's logan and wolverine and his backstory doesn't matter hence why did you give us this uh it doesn't feel particularly well made to me i think a lot of the action is a bit weak the effects are really poor and it's all stake-free stuff. Your know, characters just make changes for the sake of the plot. Victor hates Wolverine until suddenly it's I'm fighting with you, brother. It's like fake purse ninjas. Yeah. From uh, Bowfinger. So it's, it, yeah, it's like it's like the you know the, the plot. He's guiding the characters well from Gaffer's kind of plot. Yeah, and uh, Hugh Jackman is far too good for this stuff. You know, there there are some nice visuals. They've sorted his hair out quite nicely in this. Even meeting that couple, you could do something quite nice with that. The elderly couple, but it's mm. one scene and they're killed, and that th- they're just constantly yes, yeah, smash up our you know, smash up our bathroom. Here's a here's a is a jacket a jacket <laughs> see the jacket and a bike i don't know if their kid was killed in vietnam or what now forget the i forget the detail but obviously he gets given a bike which just is odd so i don't like it very much i, I didn't like x3 but it you know hung together okay it was just thin uh, after the first two x-men films but now we're getting to the point where we're fetishizing wolverine we'll get it in apocalypse he's there without any purpose for being there at all um, and the timeline is messed up then because Apocalypse is meant to be in the 80s and he's not anywhere near the weapons program at that time. And it also follows on from Days of Future Past where Striker isn't Striker. So there's loads of uh, eternal, internal logic problems to come. At least next week they scale it back, tell us a smaller story that actually hangs together okay. This is trying to make more money out of your big hitter, but not knowing what sort of film you want to make. You don't know. Do you want to make an Origins film? Do you want to make an iconic Wolverine film? Do you want to make specifically a Wolverine film or start a patchwork of Origins spin-offs? Um, actually, having decided what you want to do, what's, what is actually the story you want to tell? Is it literally about him losing his memory and getting the stuff grafted on? That could have been a 20-minute short that could have been like a Marvel one shot if that's all you wanted to tell us, and the rest of the film's a waste of time. The, the, the real tragedy is is 
you could have I said, said at the beginning of the, of the of the podcast is you could have just dust off any old action movie and just just tweaked it a bit to make sense that it's Wolverine and that would be sufficient sequel. And, you know, I'm not saying it'd be great. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm not you know, yeah. but it, it would a a at least make sense. B probably be satisfying like you know most people enough. Because you got Hugh Jackman you know, being Wolverine and just give her like a, a few, you know, some half decent action sequences and just look a bit flashy, and that'll put, probably be perfectly fine. Would have would have made money easy, and you wouldn't have all this nonsensical sort of backtracking. That, and you can, and you could literally do what you want with it. You could literally it doesn't matter because it's like well it's after X three. So yeah, but I mean, what I'm saying it? is of the two Wolverine films to come, Logan is a ballsy move. There, there is like an old man Logan comic book run, so there is precedent yeah. for it. But to make that kind of da- downbeat, dour, yet R-rated film, much grittier, much less sort of superhero-y in feel, that's a ballsy move. What you're really talking about is something probably a little bit influenced by the comics, but very standalone. And Wolverine in Japan was a thing, which is what we're going to yeah. get next time out. And they'd have been better off binning off all this shit because we saw him emerge from the water in X2. That's enough. We know he was kind of tortured and experimented on. And we know Stryker. And we know it started with his son. He uses it, he throws it away in dialogue here as well. We don't need anything. This film is explaining... 30% of it is explaining what we already know. 30-40% you know, of it is showing us stuff that they've just made up for the sake of having a film. And the other like 30% we don't actually need to know about. It's actually detrimental to know that much about the character anyway. Mm. So, so, so it, I, I mean, yeah, and that's ultimately what I'm saying is, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, but Wolverine in Japan is a lot better concept. But I think even, even that I'm just like, even at the most laziest of attempts... Yeah, why didn't you just do that? And it, it, yeah. and it would have been fine. That's the point I'm making. Like, if you if you you know even that like the most generic half-assed way, you could you you know what I'm saying is there's no excuses to to, to make the mistakes or the decisions that they made. Becca. Yes, largely agree with you both. Um, this, uh, considering it was the first X-Men like maybe spin-off. Um, it was a lot. Uh, had a lot to carry, a lot of weight to carry on its shoulders. It doesn't quite get up there. I mean, as I said at the top of the show, all the main leads are, are really fantastic. Um, Leo Schreiber still gives a typically intense performance. Um, Logan, uh, Logan, um, Hugh Jackman um, does carry does carry this movie um, as if he's the main character. Um, but he, he gives it as all as Wolverine as he does throughout the entire X Men series. Um, but it's just a, you know, a cliche, you know, hackneyed script, full of cliche moments, as we mentioned, um, and dodgy effects, half finished or not, really let the film down, unfortunately. It just, you know, had so much promise, and just unfortunately just fell flat on the floor, sadly. Um, it doesn't quite live up, obviously, to, you know, other sort of spin-offs that we've seen, it doesn't quite live up there, unfortunately. It really does, you know, it tries its hardest, um, but I just, yeah, not not impressed, unfortunately. One of the lower points in the in the series, so... Sadly. I think there's a cultural difference, isn't there, between um, films and video games? In that how many times, particularly 
well with a lot of games but particularly some of the real marquee ones like a Rockstar or something they'll announce it for the a certain quarter of a year rather than a hard date and you get to like six months before and they decide they want longer on it so it'll get delayed to the following year and films just don't do that they book in a date and then shoot at it and release whatever pile of crap they've decided to make <laughs> no matter how unfinished that's difficult, especially, you know, with, with the strike going on around this time as well, as we mentioned back in our um, Quantum of Solace review. Um, if you want to go back and listen to that, that kind of tells you a lot of information about the writer's strike um, and, and how it affected other Hollywood yeah, cinema. We've, we've not really mentioned that. Yeah. Now, this came out in May 2009. And if you look at the films that came out mm-hmm. six months either side of it, they were all kind of affected. The strike ran from something like the autumn of 2007 through to about spring 08, I think, which affected all of the films that were sort of coming out from filming through through late 7 and 08. And that brings in Quantum of Solace, which I certainly don't hate, but it has problems that you cannot deny, and some of them are script. Um, the original Star Trek reboot film, original Star Trek reboot film, that seems like a bit of a strange mix of things, but I mean the first of the reboots. That wasn't terrible considering who wrote it but the script is one of the weakest bits and there's also parts of it where you go that bit doesn't quite make sense they probably get that on the next pass like the you know point four of the script or something um it brought in revenge of the fallen now they're never the best written films but i'm led to believe revenge of the fallen is really really badly written and you've got this and it does kind of show I, I just think like there are there are things in it, some of it just feels like placeholder dialogue that maybe you might have got around with a few more passes. You know, I'm only surprised there wasn't a strike right a strike when Die Another Day was being made because global warming it's a terrible thing. Surely they were allowed to do another pass on that. I'm just going to put in 2009 in film again because I want to see what else came out this year. Um, uh, big budget wise because this was all very very affected Avatar well he's not the best writer anyway but he was writing for years so I doubt that was too affected Harry Potter I'm not sure although Half-Blood Prince is not one of the better films Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs longer lead times on those so I don't know 2012 was this year Roland Emmerich but his films are always terrible Twilight Saga New Moon Sherlock Holmes, Angels and Demons and The Hangover. They're the highest grossing films of the year. Uh, Pat Hingle died this year as well. Um, What else have we got? Uh, Just looking for major releases this year. I haven't got them. Uh, I think Fast Four was this year as well. So yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, uh, but some of there were films around here is what I'm saying that right the way from the late late 2008 right the way through that are affected by writing problems. Anything before about late summer 2008 largely unaffected. But I hope there's not a writer strike on at the moment, Chris, because how will Becca write some facts? To entertain us well, and I make mean, this is better. I mean, well, is she part of the would, would she, union? I don't know. Would she have to get Daniel I mean, Craig to make? Would it apply to her? I don't know. If it does, Daniel Craig would just have to make some up on the spot. That, because I'm sure well, that's well, exactly every scenario that happened in the writer's strike. Well, that, well, yeah, but that, that's. I mean, that's that's unfortunate. I mean, like wait all this time for no time to come out, and then for it to actually come out in about a month or so's time. 
Yeah. <laughs> for Daniel Craig to be like, oh, oh shit, I've got any dialogue. I'm writing any dialogue. <laughs> my name is... Um, don't, don't, don't they know they all write it on the spot there and then? When my name <laughs> is Bond. Out. Brian Bond. Yeah, everyone who goes to see it, it'll be a different film because it'll just be live dialogue each time. <laughs> Brian Bond, that's great. I love that. Brian Bond. Okay, <laughs> Becca, fact us. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'm not on strike. So, lucky for you, you can go on imdb.com and read all the shit that I couldn't be asked to find up myself. Um, no, these are mostly from IMDb, but other sections of the interwebs. Um, fun fact number one, a Deadpool movie has been in the works since 2004, apparently. Um, Ryan Reynolds has always kind of been at the forefront to play the role. Um, I think one of his favourite characters. So obviously he approached the filmmakers when this was in production um, and he was given the part. And obviously, as we know, he got given his own spin-off film in 2016 with a sequel to follow later. Fun fact number two, as we mentioned in the show, um, in March 2009, a copy of this film was leaked online. It had no watermark. The visual effects were unfinished, one thing and another. Um, by the time it was released in 2009, it had been downloaded 4.5 million times in America, I think. Um, as a, a film critic for Fox at the time, he wrote a scathing review. He saw the film and just wrote a scathing review based on it. Um, needless to say, it was, re- it was uh, withdrawn and he got fired, unfortunately. Um, fun fact number three, this is one of the few X-Men movies to uh, feature Gambit, which was um, one of my favourite characters from the cartoon um, and also one of the favourite characters of the producer producer Laura Shulet Donna. Sorry for slowing my words, I do apologise. I'm a little bit tired. I'm not drunk. Um I'm not pissed, you know. Uh, yes, not pissed. I was terribly terribly drunk. Um but yeah so this version of Gambit that we see here comes from Ultimate X Men, where he's a retired thief essentially and he's got this god awful Cajun accent. <laughs> which I think is very cool. Um fun fact number four, other directors considered for this film include <laughs> Rogue's Gallery, Brian Singer, Brett Ratner, Len Wiseman, Alexandra Ahai's name I can't pronounce, and Zack Snyder. Oh my gosh, that would have been all kinds of different film altogether. Um, and not very fun fact number five, sadly we've lost Richard Donner, and this was his last final production credit as he was served as ex- uh, executive producer on this film. Yeah. So uh, not a very fun fact, unfortunately, <clears throat> but still a fact nonetheless. I was, I was, I, I was funned by it. That's fun, folks. Yeah. Hopefully next week will be more fun or a fact. Well, next week's a more fun or a film. Next week will be classy. It will be just superb. It will be first class. Yeah, express delivery. Yeah. This was more economy this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cattle class next week. This, this, this was wrong, wrong address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Return to sender. X-Men, pick this up with from the fucking sorting <laughs> <depot. laughs> Your parcels have been left with... Uh, <laughs> X-Men, Luke, we've, Gildan have delivered your parcel, We've thrown them over your garden bin. fence. <laughs> your parcel was in a bush. Please, please click this from your local post office uh, station, which is miles away. And, it's 10 miles away. And, 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 and has no discernible uh, access to. <laughs> and you've also been charged fees, so there'll be an extra, extra amount to pay. Import fees. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> That, so what we're saying is this film was shit. So, as for social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. You can get Cinematronics. You can also find uh, all the other episodes on and uh, Cinematronics uh, UK. Uh, 
Yes, and you can follow us. Do you expect us to talk? Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, wherever you happen to find us. Do you seek us out? And apologies if you were, you know, on Spotify but couldn't had any issues. I don't, I'm not sure, but if there were any issues, they're resolved now. Yeah, hopefully you should be able to find us on Spotify. So please do. Okay, so that's. Uh, I was about to say the end of this iteration. It's really not because obviously we'll keep coming back to Wolverine um, next year. Next week's the only film. Next year. <laughs> Next week is the only film he's sort of not really in, although even then they cram in an appearance, like a little cameo, uh, which means Becca. Do you expect to talk or return with X-Men First Class?